fellas, don't drink that coffee. We could start now. Hey, Tweeps. let's uh, start now. I'm speaking to my favorite Tweeps. Is that what we call, decided we were going to call Twin Peaks fans? Twin Peaks peeps. I'm with. Yeah. I'm with my. As I I wrote in my my Twitter post this weekend, my dish dudes. I got Dallas McLaughlin and John Lorenz back. We're podcasting. It's a thing. We're going to talk about episodes 11, 12, and 13. This is Dish and the Percolator. Dudes, what's up? Um, was that too much? Should we, should, I, we, should we quit? No, I was just going to say we should call listeners of the podcast Perks. Perks. Oh. Perps. Like the people who are like perpetrators? Yeah. No, per, no, not perps. Perks. Perks. Like uh, the things you get when you get hired at this job. Ah. The perks are great. Uh, but, see, the problem is perks. That would be that would imply that there's more than one. <clears throat> I, I'm not sure if you can uh, tell how unexcited I am to talk about these episodes, so we might as well get into it. What? What? Why don't? Aren't you excited, Dallas? I figured like this would be this is like your wheelhouse, man. James, no, man. James is back and he's singing. <laughs> oh, jo- Josie, Josie wasn't in any of these episodes. How could you be upset? No, nah, she's in them. She is in them. She's there. I know I've mentioned this before, but that noise in Ben Horn's office is completely Josie. There's no way that that hum is not her. Um, well... Yeah, welcome back. That was a great start, Dallas. Thanks for really ramping up everyone's excitement and anticipation for this podcast. Um, John, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having <laughs> me back, you guys. <laughs> I got to say, I got to. Uh, I spent this week, the weekend. I saw both of you, which is a rare occurrence. And yeah. Dallas and I got to come out and see your new show, which is called uh, Pump Up the Volume, a 90s Palooza. It was awesome. I am still singing all of the songs and so if you live in southern california you have to go see it um it's in san diego at the horton grand if you if you were alive in the 90s and you ever turned on a radio you will connect with the show it was terrific so john what's the best way for people to like find out is there like a website yeah there's a website uh sdmt sdmt.org which stands for san diego musical theater and um there's a number of deals for people under 30 um people under 40 there's a friday night tgif discount there's all kinds of discounts yeah um 
So, um, yeah, come I, on out. I We're highly fun. I highly recommend going to see it the night before your twenty year high school reunion because that just like makes it a weekend of like <laughs> pure nineties. I just dove headfirst into the nineties this last weekend, and it was a good time. So, it was a good show, John. I I enjoyed it. Thank you. Could have used more third eye blind. He's still, but that's okay. he's still a little upset about the third eye blind. I know we we didn't have a suicide section, so we couldn't put jumper in. <laughs> hey, I will say, John, that or a crystal meth section. If if you're a twin, <laughs> if you're a Twin Peaks fan, um, tweep. If you're a tweep, like I mentioned before, you'll love this show because it has more Agent Cooper in it than Twin Peaks: The Return does. That is correct. <laughs> Factually correct. Agent Cooper uh. does make an appearance, and it was awesome. Um, even though he has not yet shown up in Twin Peaks, The Return, 13 parts, still no Agent Cooper. Uh, Do you think that that was him at the very beginning? It was him because whatever the giant or whoever says Cooper. Yeah. Now, yeah, I don't know when that is. In fact, like the fact that it's black and white makes me think maybe it's like somehow he's gone to the past, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he calls him Cooper. So, yeah. Can I can I make a suggestion for this for our episode? If it's to quit, then let's not. No, no, hold, no, no. Hold it's it to, to the end. Listen, okay. Listen, we all know I've committed this far. There's no way I'm bowing out now. You not after the whole nuclear explosion episode. You didn't hear they just got renewed for forty more episodes. <laughs> for forty. <40? laughs> That sounds like a weird number to get renewed for. <laughs> well, so was 18, I guess. So, no, go ahead, Dallas. Well, it's, I was just going to say, I, instead of going, because we, th- we're now talking three episodes. Instead of, I think, talking about three episodes, maybe we should just, the, the three of us kind of talk about where we're at right now. Well, what I was going to do was. No, um, no, no, no. Uh, let me just, let me tell you what I had like. Cause no, I, no, no, no. I plan things. <laughs> Since I work, I, I wish w- you would step up from that ledge, my friend. <laughs> oh, I gotta edit that out. Um, I was gonna talk about there's different storylines happening, and then I was just gonna say like, let's pick one if there's something that's interesting to you. Yeah, touch because on just, the storyline. Just to give people a little bit of a backstory going into tonight, there's a there's a text thread between the three of us. And going into this, know that I feel like the two of you are maybe more frustrated than I am. Not to say that like whatever that means is good or bad, but I was very frustrated with part 12, but rewatched the last three and I enjoyed it more the second time watching it with subtitles. So, um, so anyway, like the, the stories that are happening at this point, the last three episodes have been, there's the buckhorn storyline there's mr c there's what's happening with dougie there's what's happening now with audrey and then there's kind of this blanketed twin peaks miscellaneous where you have the becky storyline you've got we finally got ed back um you've got norma and there's kind of the most interesting i think is the sarah palmer thing so a lot's been happening I mean, is there something that stood out to you guys? I don't know if you rewatched these recently. Um, if there's anything you want to talk about, um, I haven't rewatched. I mean, I watched the new one um, on Sunday. Sure. Um, I think uh, 
I mean, the agent, the the Mr. C stuff is interesting, certainly. Um, I'm surprised at how long it's taken. It's like one episode and like Mr. C gets a truck in Cheetos. Next episode, <laughs> we don't see him. The next episode, he's driving or something like it. It, it just like the the tiptoeing along that they're doing um, is a little hard to follow. Maybe sure. it will be better when you can binge all 18 hours straight through. Um, but I mean, that certainly revealed some of the most potent information. Sure. This last episode. Yeah. Um, in that one scene when he um, is talking to the guy on the ground, <clears throat> Ray, uh, we learned, we learned that he was getting orders from Philip Jeffries, if indeed that is Philip Jeffries. Sure. Um, we learned uh, finally sort of something about this ring, uh, yeah. although maybe it raised more questions than answered. But it it seemed like if you put that thing on and you die, your spirit's going to the red place, basically. Yeah. I had um, I had some questions about that in terms of like, do you think that he did that to offer Ray up as like Garmin Bosia? And if so, like, is it like a token of like, hey guys, I hope you don't hate me. Like, <laughs> here's a snack. You know what I mean? Like, why would he have had or was it just to get, to get the ring? Is that the vehicle to get the ring back? To- I think I think that if I, I assumed it was to get rid of the ring. Yeah. Uh, because clearly that ring is bad for now is he does he still have Bob in him or did Bob get taken away by the woodsman people? Yeah, because that's the other thing is was I, Bob stolen I, from him or was that did he like did he want that to happen? I'm not clear on on um I mean, what I'm getting from this storyline is that Philip Jeffries wanted – what's that guy's name? Ray. Wanted Ray to kill Mr. C, put the ring on him, and then – because he said, you've got something inside of you yeah. that we want. I'm assuming that that's Bob. Yeah. Um, But then the woodsman came and – And Ray saw that. Ray saw them take him out. So why does he – and did they take him out, or did he just sort of surface and reveal him, himself? That's what I wasn't. That's what I wasn't sure. I I know there are people who think that Bob is now out, but I just go, well, then what are we? I don't get who we're watching it now. Yeah, because he's still um, able to like. He still has like superhuman <clears throat> strength. I mean, he. Yeah, destroys yeah. this and dude in the over the top part of the return. Which, by the way, that was fun. I loved. This yeah, scene. that was fun. Um, the thing that that struck me as I was thinking about it is I, uh, and I don't mean to get di- uh, sort of dismal here for a second, but the fun of the villain of Twin Peaks before was that he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Sure. So whoever the killer was, we didn't know who it was. And when we did find out who it was, the fun of it was that he was one of us. He was walking around among us yeah, and, uh, you know, playing us and the audience knew that. And so that was super fun. And then it was a race for, for our heroes to find out, um, what we knew 
Um, and here it seems like we've got evil Coop and all he's done is go around to other criminals um, this whole season. I don't know that he's interacted with uh, normal folk uh, other than the cops. Um, and so I, I don't know. I guess, I guess that is an expectation that I had in my head. Like, okay, well, if we're going to see evil Coop, like that would be the, when, when Coop was possessed in the original series, I thought that, you know, that would be the worst thing of all, because this guy that we all think is a golden boy is now like basically demon possessed. Sure. Gonna use that to do all these horrible things. But we've, we've skipped that storyline. Uh, yeah. And we've, gone on to just him being a bad dude which we may have they may have glossed over i mean we're the assumption is that he could be the father of this horrible grandchild of ben horn you know if sure if he was the one who you know um they you know i forget it was doc hayward said he saw him in the icu after audrey had been you know injured in the explosion so yeah Mm -hmm. i mean there is a question of like what happened in the last (laughs) quarter of a century but that's a good point. I mean, you're right. The with Leland, kind of, we knew something that no one else knew, and you're right. He only people we've seen Mr. C deal with because even the warden was kind of crooked too. So, you know, yeah. David Lynch talks so much about like what he loves is the mystery, and I feel like back then we had a really clear mystery who killed Laura Palmer or yeah. who's doing this or who's doing that. And now the, the, the mystery just is like, what, what is going what on? What is going on? Yeah. Um, which is less fun of a mystery for me. And so I think that's what you're sensing in my text messages to you <laughs> sure, where sure, I'm sure. just going like, we have five left and I just still, you know, well, but yeah, I think, that said, I think, yeah, go ahead. Well, if you get rid of all that, you can totally enjoy that ridiculous arm wrestling scene, which yeah. was like, at first I was like, this is a replay of that boxing match with Chris Isaac and the guy. Mm-hmm. But then, but then it got funny, you know, is it weird uh, how violent this show is? Like it's the well, most I, violent uh, thing. It's so gross. Uh, I brought that up like episodes ago and you made fun of me. No, I, I it's, mean, but I it's, but it's, almost, but hold on, wait, in the last three episodes, there's been some of the gnarliest thing. Like, like it's just, it's gone completely. Like it keeps going further and further. So between like the warden getting shot in front of his kid and then Cooper with like the one handed death punch where he just like crushes his face. And then my, like of the last three episodes, my favorite scene, but it ends the gnarliest was when Bill Hastings, his head is destroyed in the back of a car. I'm just pointing out like, I don't remember – it's just weird. I don't remember Lynch ever being – like, I know Dallas, we were talking about, and I brought up, like, the Bobby Peru thing and Wild at Heart, but it seems like this is, like, every episode now there's something where I'm like, wow – he likes head wounds. Dude, like, it seems like is, oh, they're always head wounds. He is you know? into it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's making the show much more bearable. <laughs> well, that I will say that that the um, it's one of the first scenes in episode part 11 
when they take Hastings to the spot where he had originally encountered Major Briggs. I think that was awesome. So if, if yeah, you guys don't remember, they're, um, yeah. they pull up this like really old dilapidated house. It's got like some storage containers next to it. And they ask um, Hastings, like, was this the place? And he kind of tells them. And then that's when, when Cole walks up to – and before he goes in, he goes, they see like a woodsman, right? Yeah. I have a lot of questions about this because there's a scene afterwards where they're talking in the detective's office about the woodsman and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, I saw one of those guys. Like, it's so weird to me that they wouldn't have gone, hey, did you see that guy right there? The guy right there? Like, no one is freaking out about these dudes who are disappearing and reappearing and have, like, soot on their faces. I thought that was weird. I've heard people... Uh, sort of theorize that you you forget them yeah. or something. Like a, but it, yeah, maybe. doesn't he say something like, do you think one of them's in there? I think he meant the portal. So that because afterwards Albert goes, there definitely is one of them in there. Like and and Cole goes, you're you're right or something like that. I think what they were looking for and what they're expecting to find was what Cole finds. When the you know he's got his hands in the sky and we see the the kind mm-hmm. of that kind of portal that we imagine is what's in New York and what is in potentially you know Buenos Aires, um, but that whole scene where he's pulling his hands up to the sky and we kind of see that kind of blurred out thing of his face, which is cool because remember do you remember that was in the first preview, um, like three years ago on Christmas or around Christmas, we got it like our first trailer. It was just Michael Horace talking about like the, the land and at the very end of it, there was this really quick like shot and it was that, and people were going, I think that's David Lynch, but you couldn't mm. really tell. And then that's what it was. Um, mm. But the coolest thing to me, and I don't know if you caught this was when he's looking up at the portal and he finally, he, he sees, the woodsman on the stairs and what I'm imagining is the convenience store because if you pause it and you look behind them is that wallpaper that you see in fire walk with me where Laura has mm. her dream. Okay. So that was like, and I didn't, someone pointed that out on Twitter. I saw the retweet it, but it was like, okay, that's where they are. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like you're, you were the one who brought this up to me in our fire walk with me masterpiece podcast that, um, <laughs> That that wallpaper looks like it was the same places where they had Jeffrey's had his dream, where he said they were mm-hmm. you know above the convenience store. So, yeah. um, I just wanted to I wanted to, okay I wanted to like before we keep going I was trying to examine today watching these again why I don't feel very like frustrated and I'm definitely I have my reasons for being frustrated but I think it's because. My favorite story in Twin Peaks is the kind of mythology. And so I honestly, if I had to take 18 episodes about the lodge and who lives there and why it exists or Agent Cooper solving crimes, as much as I love Agent Cooper, I would actually, I would take more information about the part of the show that I love. If it could be Agent Cooper investigating it, that would be the best. But between the two of them, I kind of am actually getting what I came into the show wanting. So 
Like, I guess at some point I just kind of resolve that I don't think Cooper's coming back until like maybe the very end. And I've just, just tried to enjoy what I've been sure. given, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's an admirable attitude. But, I, but I mean, yeah, I, ideally I would rather it be Cooper investigating these things, but yeah. as much as he is like one of my favorite characters in TV, the thing that draws me to the show is Bob and, you know, the Black Lodge and what, the, so the supernatural you, element of the show. Don't you wonder why that, so that happens why isn't that place now crawling with fbi uh why don't they have like a hundred guys why don't they have like the ghostbusters and the (laughs) x-files people in there all trying to figure out this portal to another world uh well i think they actually you know not to be not to be too into this but um they actually don't. They mention that when they they ask the girl the to to join their force, like the Blue Rose task force or whatever, and they kind of mention that there's nobody left. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Dallas. I, okay. know, I think it's, to that also though, what's weird to me is that Cole and Albert just kind of seem like behind the curve, like like they don't know as much as you would think that they know. Like in the original show and in the movie. Gordon Cole seemed like he knew everything. You know what I mean? And it's frustrating watching them kind of be like a couple steps behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that I've noticed that too. And like all, it, it. Yeah. Also like afterwards, they're just like talking openly about the woodsman and all these things with like just this detective from Buckhorn. And I'm like, isn't yeah. For the same reason that you're like, why aren't there a bunch of FBI agents? I'm like, isn't this classified? Why are you talking to the, him? Or even in front of Diane, who you know is working with Bad Cooper. Yeah. What's going on there? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I thought that scene was awesome and very gruesome, though, with the way it ends. Um, yeah. uh, I heard a, uh, if anyone's looking for an interesting interview with uh, Matthew Lillard. Oh, really? Uh, he was just on a podcast called The Watch. And uh, it was a really, really cool podcast. He talked a lot about his experience on Twin Peaks and that scene and like everything and how he like doesn't watch the show. He has no idea who anybody is. <laughs> and uh, and it was, it's cool. It's really cool. And like he talks about how he liked he likes David Lynch, but he like didn't know a lot about David Lynch. Yeah. So he would like give him a lot of crap all the time. Cause he's like, I've heard he likes to kind of bully people. And so he's like, I wasn't going to let him bully me. So like right away I just became the bully. <laughs> it was, it's interesting. It's really funny. So you should listen to it. Cool. What is it again? What was the name of it called? The watch. It's called the watch. It's the okay. ringers. Uh, TV oh, yeah, podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to listen to that. Do it. He also talks about his career. It's kind of, it's kind of fascinating. Rad. Dallas, anyway. was there any were there any scenes? I know you said you don't remember the last two episodes, but was there anything in the last couple episodes that stood out to you? Well, I, mean, you I, re- talk about? I remember them. I just don't like you know. I can't remember what happened at which one. Sure, um, it's hard to, to, to delineate. Yeah, um, the the scene you guys were talking about at the the meth house that was uh, that was cool. I like that scene a lot. Which one's um, the meth? Which one's the meth house? Whatever, where all the homeless guys are. Okay. Looks like a meth bin. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Sorry, I forgot that there's people who actually do meth in this show. Wait, you're, you're, talk, you're talking about where the, where the one we were just talking about right now? Yeah, Cole. Okay. You know, Cole was waving his arms. Yeah, yeah, okay, got it. Uh, yeah, that seems cool. I don't know. There was so much like, um, like here's my problem with the last three episodes in general is that I'm enjoying like a lot of the Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks-ness of it. Like we've been getting to go to a lot of like our, our favorite Twin Peaks characters a lot, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. We finally saw Ed. Holy crap. We finally crap. saw Ed and it's so sad. It's so sad, but he was so good. He was so good. Um, yeah. that, that, that end credit scene with him in the play is great. It was so yeah. great. Yeah. Um, really like, and that, and that is this kind of stuff that frustrates me. And I think you brought this up, John, in, in our, in our little tweet group, tweet, no text group tweets is, um, tweets is like, I wish I would have seen Ed in episode four, you know, yeah. so we could have had a little bit more with Ed. And now yeah. it's like, are we ever going to go back to Ed? Um, I like, I love when Riff tries to date Nadine at the end of the, like, (laughs) like those are the, those are the parts of Twin Peaks that I love. Like, yeah, you know, and maybe I don't want to see much more of that, but it'll be, it's a funny little side plot that now it's like, I don't even care about that side plot. Like I just, there's so much going on and I know everyone's like, it'll come together. Uh, and we'll, but I just don't think it will. And I don't. Kind of like this, the first run of the show did with with the two seasons. You didn't get anything answered. The movie didn't answer anything for you. It just created more questions. And I just think that's where there is where this is headed. And maybe hopes that they'll do another season. I don't know, but it's just getting frustrating. Where it's like we get this little glimpse, and and I say we talking about my kind of fan of the show. Not obviously not the diehards like yourself who are just really really excited that this show exists. Uh, I just think there's like some of us who want those little side stories. We want the Nadines and the riffs. We want more Ben Horn and like, they give us a little bit and then they just take it away. You know what I mean? And then we have to go back to watching arm wrestling, which is fine. It was funny, (laughs) but I could give two craps. And yeah, like what's up with bad coop is Bob inside of him. How does he still have superhuman strength? Why did that guy go like I would ever give you the coordinates and then immediately and then give him the coordinates? Yeah, like I don't there's know. just so many and like why are the were all these bad guys in a warehouse watching a movie sized screen uh, in every room like they can just turn the channel on? Why is that dumb shit kid there? Like I just it's you know like it's just I don't I like any I like me to follow. I sighed when we like were introduced to Norma's agent or. Boyfriend is this a boyfriend like yeah. whoever he is? Yeah, I'm just like, oh god, new another <laughs> character like, <laughs> like, and that that's part of what I mean. Like, I'm like, okay, this is what this is what what should have been in like episode three when we're getting the like, here's what everybody's been up to, but instead we're getting those things right before the end of the there, the show. Yeah. And uh, it, it's so weird. Um, like, they're really making us wait for any detail to anything. Like, John, that's a great point. Why is Norma always at that one table with a bunch of paperwork? Oh, she franchised. I mean, she was doing that in the, the missing pieces, for God's sake. You know, like, <laughs> like, 
Yeah. <laughs> she always is. Um, to go back to something Dallas said, and this is a big picture thing. I, I don't think they never gave us the answers. I think the original series did give us answers. Um, it did, it did set up mysteries and pay them off and explain things. I think the only, the only reason it didn't explain things in the end is because they set up a bunch of stuff and they got canceled. So, for me, it wasn't until we got to the movie that we we got to this place of like, oh, well, let's just set up things and leave it alone, or maybe we'll get back to it later. And um, yeah, but did they? Sorry, DKF, but did they know that they were getting canceled before the end of the show? They they thought they might, but what they what they did was they said, well, let's make it the biggest cliffhanger of all time so that they can't cancel us. And then they canceled them anyway. Like they said, Oh, we'll make everybody beg for more basically. Um, instead of have them all like walk off into the sunset or something. Um, And so, excuse me. Um, so, so for me, I, I'm I'm just looking at all this, and I'm going. I, I do love all the weird Lynch stuff. I love I, I love it because you can't get it anywhere else. But I, I'll I'll be the, the heretic here and say that like I do think that having the other voices in the room helped the original show connect with audiences the way that it did. Um, you know, there's a reason that show is a worldwide phenomenon and Lost Highway is not, you know, I, even though it's awesome. My only, uh, my only, like, not that I'm going to like argue with that, but sure. those, because you mentioned you're like, I wish some of the writers from, you know, the first two seasons were a part of this. And it's like, to me, it's still Twin Peaks is like the pilot, right? And that was Mark and David and that was perfect. And, so, like, as much as, yeah, maybe, like, for instance, I feel like Albert is being underused, and I know Harley Payton wrote a lot of those great Albert monologues, but, like, those dudes also introduced us to, like, the Pine Weasel. I mean, they may yeah. have not made this any better than it is. Sure. And I still feel like, I, I mean, I get it, like, patience is, that's an obnoxious thing to hear at this point, but I still feel like it's going to end awesome. I think it is. And whatever that means... Like I, that might mean something different to me than it does to you. So sure, sure. I, 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 I I'm not going to argue against that. Here's what I think it's going to happen when it ends. It's going to be uh, bad. It's going to be Dougie. He's going to slam his head against the mirror and just start going, Annie, where's Annie? <laughs> and then it's going to cut. Um, do you think that Heather Graham is going to show up in the show? I would love it. That would be so great, but I don't think it's going to happen. At yeah. this point, I'd take Dick Tremaine. <laughs> yeah. How how happy were you to see James singing at the end? Oh of- my god! You know what's funny is that the first, you know, Sean, we talked about this that song happening in the first season or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And like how much we both just talked about how much we hated it, and like so it's just a stupid like scene and weird and blah blah blah. And when he was up on stage, in my mind, I'm like, oh, he better sing that song. Like, yeah. he better. And he did. And I was so happy. I was very happy. Um, I, I loved how layered uh, what he was doing was um, because if he's this guy with this head injury and he's having trouble somehow, I don't, I don't, 
we, we've really only seen him once and somebody talked about him once. So that's all we know. But I love that in a way he was maybe trying to relive this moment in his life. He even had these two uh, backup singers, you know, these two young women singing backup like yeah. like he did back in the series. And one and then, looked like Maddie. Yeah, yeah, I thought so yeah. too. And or, then, of course, there's that woman uh, crying in the booth. Wasn't that the girl which, from the first or the second episode? So, like, I actually thought, oh, maybe. Remember, because she's she's with Shelly, and Shelly yeah. goes, "Oh, is James looking at you?" Um, so that, that was my thought. That okay, maybe James is going to have some sort of story because otherwise, like, bringing this girl into it is kind of like, what's the point? Um, and maybe not. But I don't know. Dallas, did you think at any point the Bob egg was just going to like float out on stage and like knock over the microphone? <laughs> what? Like, Here's the thing. When you say something like that, I honestly don't know if you're joking or something. Like, 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 let's say there's like a woodsman and he's got Bob like a balloon and he just kind of like comes out on stage and swings him and knocks over. I, John, if you, for, if you forgot, John, that was our Dallas and I's big uh, season two moment where we just we believe that the reason Bob was in um, Donna's living room was he was coming to unplug the guitar that James was playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would have been funny uh, is if they did that and like they took the the Bob ball and then they tossed it in the crowd <laughs> and they started hitting around like a beach ball. <laughs> What if Bob was like, whoa. (laughs) What if next week they introduce tonight at the Bang Bang Room, the Woodsman? (laughs) It's just (laughs) all them standing there. There's an upright bass that's going. (laughs) They just do like a Stray Cat song. (laughs) (laughs) Got a light. (laughs) Just a guy singing Got a Light over a bass. I saw the God of Light guy playing Abraham Lincoln on a uh, commercial the oh, other day. That's amazing. <laughs> well, no, it's Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, it's Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> yes. That would be funny if they did like a So I Married an Axe Murderer thing, and it's just <laughs> him up there. <laughs> God of Light. Tonight, Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> he just uh, does that. <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's, it's the Bob egg just like floating, just like <laughs> spoken, so, yeah, spoken word. All right. And speaking of the Bob eggs, so you know the the question remains: like, did Bob just leave the show? Uh, for me, the whole tension with Mister C was that Bob was in there, and like, oh my gosh, what's he gonna do when he gets out? Yeah, and uh, and and somehow we're now to believe that Mister C is worse or just as bad uh, with or without Bob. Uh, yeah. didn't quite get. I do. Um, do, do, Oh, sorry. No, I'm go ahead. I was just going to. Did we see the woodsman take Bob away, or did we not see that? No, I don't think we see him get taken away. He's like being pulled out of him. See, I wonder if the if the idea was they took him out to clean him off and make sure he was alive. (laughs) Like a golf, like a golf ball. Like you put your marker down, you pick up the golf ball, shine it off. Yeah. They pulled it out to make sure he was like still alive, and then they put it back in. I, I honestly think that. I hate that I think that. Way back when he had that conversation in the mirror where we saw Bob's face kind of imprinted on his, I was so excited because I thought, oh, gosh, you know, we're going to – we could have this duality with him, almost like a Gollum thing, you know, where he has two – where he's arguing with himself. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
and um, that would have been interesting. <laughs> what happened? Uh, so we've had yeah, we've I say more interesting. <laughs> just just to kind of keep it going, like there, there's a couple of storylines. <laughs> I'm fascinated with Sarah Palmer. Sure. Again, stuff I would have loved in episode five or something like that. Got it. This is great, and and I I feel like there's something going on there. Um, especially uh, with the looping, the weird looping that was going on this yeah, week. And then yeah. the previous, was it the previous week when she had this weird episode and then Hawk came to her house and there was like a noise in her kitchen. Yes. And she was acting all guilty about it. Um, so that, that gave me the creeps in a great way, but yet they're doing nothing to try and, take that a step further. Sure. They're just, I feel like they're just kind of like giving us a few more bars of that song. Yeah. Uh, each time we see her uh, there, we, we have not seen. Here's my question. The sheriff's department in Twin Peaks. Yes. They start investigating agent Cooper because the log lady called them, right? There's no actual crime that was committed. It's just the log lady <laughs> called. Calls off. And they started going through old files. Correct. That is so funny to me. Like, there is no incident. Um, there have been things that happen in this town, but we don't ever see them, like, investigating it. Um, in fact, in fact, um, we have Andy, you know, investigating the truck after the little boy is murdered and all of that. And then... We have this whole protracted thing where uh, Richard, Richard Horn, yeah, Dick Horn, Richard Richard Horn, he, he, you know, he like tries to kill that woman so that they don't find out, and then like just all of a sudden the, the next episode they're like, oh, we know he did it, like there was no like, the jig is up, there was no. Um, like eureka moment for them. yeah i guess like, we're just assuming just, that he i guess got the letter <laughs> well I, yeah, yeah so like no. Mir- so that was actually how episode 11 starts was that miriam's still alive right yeah and so it's kind of a minor plot point in this but i'm guessing maybe that her letter got through because like i said i think we talked about this in the last podcast with dallas that that might have been the wrong miriam that that chad stole the letter from because the right. name, the name of the letter and the name of the credits are different. So that was very velvet when she uh, crawled out of the woods. For yeah, me. It, was kind of, it was kind of like Jeffrey finding the uh, the ear in the woods, yeah, or yeah, yeah. or uh, when Isabella Rossellini shows up naked on his doorstep. Yeah, uh, just reminded me of that. So yeah, I think I I called that, and I don't, I don't think Miriam paid her gas bill, so she's alive still. Um, yeah. yeah. Um. And then we've got. Can we talk about Audrey Horn? We can. There's no. Yeah. Well, let's. I don't know if there's anything to no, talk no, no, about. No, skip it. Skip it. No, skip no, 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 no. There's something happening here. I don't. I mean, all I would say is. Oh, the, well, sorry, sorry, John. Before you go into something, I want to just point out that Sean said, "No, no. There's something going on here." <laughs> when he knows down deep, he's wrong. <laughs> I actually said there's something happening here. Dallas? No, there's there's definitely something happening. Like people are talking to each other. I was there's say, definitely nothing going on. I was so thrilled to see her, but it was the weirdest, uh, most without 
without fanfare reintroduction of one of the top characters from yeah. last time. Um, I'm not going to argue with that. Yes. Again, she does not seem to be the person that she was. No. Uh, I mean, I, uh, aside from having the biggest crush in the world on Sherilyn Fenn and that character, you know, that character was this like, you know, a uh, girl with the unrequited love. She was a Nancy drew. Um, she said she even made some comment back in the original series about wanting to be a, an F maybe she joined the FBI and grow up and be an agent. And so I always thought, man, it would be so cool if she was like in the FBI and helping solve the yeah. case. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but she's just again one more character from the old show whose life has gone down the tubes. Do you and miserable? Do you remember unless, John? I was going to say, do you remember what happened in the? Does the book tell us how she recovered? Uh, I don't think so. I have a theory. I have well, a theory, that, John. You finished because you were talking and I interrupted you. Well, I, I was just going to say, the first time I saw it, I didn't have any weird theories. I just was really frustrated because, it, again, it it was a, a like 20-minute scene, and they were talking all about people we do not know and yeah. had not met. And uh, I didn't care about any of it except for the fact that she was in the scene. Um, so I was I was frustrated. Sure. Uh, and it, and it was filmed very static. It was like a two camera. It was like one camera pointing at her, one camera pointing at him. Yeah. Uh, and then we came back to it this week, and they seem to have just kind of changed places in the argument. Like now she wants to stay or something, and he. I, 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 but we got to see all of her this time, right? Because she got sat legs. down. Yeah. Because that was the other thing. I was like, you know, we never saw her except from the chest up. But again, it was so inane and it didn't go anywhere. So I had one theory, which is, and I don't think this is true, but what if she's on Invitation to Love? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What if next episode see another boring scene and then they're like, cut, you messed up your lines or something like that. I have no idea. That'd be amazing. That's very funny. Anyway. Uh, my theory on it is, and this is not a good one either, is that it's another character with a head injury. Yeah. And this is something that happens once a week in their household that she gets ready to go find some guy named Billy. Oh, nice. And this guy has to deal with it. And then it starts all over again. Well, there's a couple of clues. Like, so in the first scene, there's the first time we see it, it's kind of like, what is happening here? But the second time, she has a line early on about how, like, I don't feel, she says, like, do you ever feel like you're somewhere else? I don't feel like I'm myself. And I thought that was like, okay, they're trying to tell us something is happening here with them. Um, what, he says something about how do I have to end your story too, which is mm -hmm. like, what does that mean? Um, and the other thing is when at the end of the scene in episode 13, that looks like they're in the 50s. Like 
everything in the scene is old, even like what they're wearing. He it, uses a rotary phone and stuff. Yeah, and even like they have like this old jukebox, like nothing I just is modern. Was, I just felt that that was the Twin Peaks. I mean, that's how the old show was. Everything sure. looked like it was from a 50s movie. Yeah. <clears throat> but there were some elements, though, that like connected it to the 80s somehow. This is like strange that it's like this. So I don't know if maybe she never came out. I mean, obviously, she probably wasn't, wouldn't be in a coma for 25 years. But there's a lot of red flags here. She's not worried about her son at all, which means she thinks like she has no connection to them. And the only thing about the, it'd be awesome if it was invitation to love, but they're talking about the roadhouse. She talks yeah, about Ghostwood. So that's right. I think uh, Dallas's theory is quite sound. She had a head injury. That yeah. she's that she like has an episode. Yeah. But I don't want to believe that because I don't want another one of the characters that I love to have to been be, reduced to yeah. a vegetable sure, or a sure, sane sure. person. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, get ready because Evelyn Marsh is coming back, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll but see. Like, don't, t- don't take Audrey and turn her into Nadine. Yeah, no, no, no. But I am excited. I am intrigued, at least, after this last scene to see where it's going. Um, but what else do we need to talk about, you guys? Just talk on the podcast about the um, Bobby, Shelley, and their daughter storyline. No, so like that happened in episode 11. So, so that was another that. one where I was like, this is great. Like, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is Twin Peaks season three. Like, yeah. That's an you know uh, again uh, stuff like that in the town. I was riveted, you know, and I love the idea. I love the idea of that, like Bobby and Shelley had this daughter, and that they have like a civil relationship. Yeah, and that he's a great guy now, and like that whole exchange with the daughter. That was the first time I didn't want to like close my ears when she was talking, <laughs> and and. And then when she goes out and is making out with Balthazar Getty, <laughs> um, I was like, ah, but you know, I thought, Ooh, here's a storyline. They can go somewhere with this. But again, so yeah, like if that happened in episode four, I'd be like, okay, so this is going to be about them trying to like heal up somehow or come together somehow. And that, okay. Um, that scene, this is at the end of the day after after Becky had like almost killed her mom and then tried to yeah. kill yeah. her husband and Alicia Witt, by the way, who's back as Gersten Hayward. Um, I did not recognize her, but I realized it was her earlier. Yeah, that was awesome. So I thought that whole scene was fascinating because stuff starts happening and it feels like something is happening in Twin Peaks. Like the Something is wrong. Do you remember at the end of the second season with that one episode where everyone's hands start shaking? I totally um, do. I wish that would get explained because I was fascinated by that. Well, what my 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 so it's like it seems like the closer they were to the lodge opening, it it manifested itself in Twin Peaks. And what was me- fun? Yeah. So like, okay, it starts with Shelley having this like really great moment with her. Whatever, even if her and Bobby are not together, divorced or whatever, but like Becky had shot someone and almost killed her. And she goes from like being this nurturing mother to like she just leaves and is making out with Balthazar Getty. And you're like, what is happening? Like, did that not strike you as like, isn't that so weird that she just like. It sucked. 
yeah, it sucked it and it just like, didn't seem like something like an adult or like a mom would do. And then you go from that to the kid. Unless Balthazar Getty is like so freaking, uh, you know, sexy that she became a gooey schoolgirl again. Well, you know, like that, that's kind of what I got from it. Well, I think, yeah, sorry to interrupt. I, I think it's explained by her not ever growing up. I mean, she still works at the diner. Sure. She's still a waitress at the diner. Like she can't hold a relationship. Yeah, I think but it's all her not being able to grow up. That turn of events was that, which was really unsettling to me. And then the kid shooting a hole through the window at the double R. And then the freaking Night of the Living Dead girl in the car with the woman honking. And that whole, like, it just kind of kept ratcheting up the what is happening right now to the point where I was like, this is something that has to do with what's happening on a bigger level. Like if something it, is affecting is true, the town. If that is true, that's awesome. That's I mean, what, yeah. I, I loved it too, but I was like, it's probably just some weird idea Dude. he had. Like, I, I hope that it is part of something. By the way, when that kid came up, it was so weird. It was oh. like it was being given birth to. Yes. It like had this weird, it because she came up in this really weird fashion that you wouldn't normally do and then she's like barfing pea soup like yes. an exorcist yes. you know? go um, back and watch okay i know that bobby briggs is not major briggs but you can see it in his face go back and watch it and watch and for like for one i think dana ashbrook is like killing it in the show he's that so after after i mean every scene he's in i'm like he's the best thing in this he's season. so like, good I, dude he's so good could not going from like hating him in the <laughs> first two seasons to kind of liking him a lot in Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with me. To to like, yeah, he's he's my favorite character. Go in the show. watch this scene and watch his face. Hit like astound. you get yeah. it in his face, and he's like, something's wrong. You know what I mean? Like again, he doesn't have his dad's like quite have his dad's like sixth sense. But I loved this sequence in like the kind of it went from Shelley doing something just like kind of strange. You could see it in. Becky's face too. She's like, why would she do that in front of you? Just like after she was consoling me and saying, I don't want you to die to the kid shooting the gun to the, like the girl, like vomiting. It's, it was amazing anyway. And yeah. And so I, I mean, part of me just, again, I don't want to belabor the whole, what they should have done or, but you know, like it, Bobby's so great. Like if we had taken all this stuff and moved it earlier, then I would want to sit through another 10 hours of like Bobby becoming this pivotal part of, I mean, has it been two days later yet? I, I feel like it's been four, four episodes since they so, opened that little tin thing, but they're, they seem to be showing the scenes all out of order. They're doing something with time. Uh, this is worth talking about. Cause we're not going to obviously get to everything in the, in the last three episodes, yeah. but there are obvious things where, Things are playing out of order. So, yeah, at the end of... Because at the end of of episode 13, he talks to Norma and Ed and says, we found some stuff today. So, in that scene, earlier in the day was like episode 10 when they when they had gone to Betty's house to get the yeah, tube. Yeah, exactly. Or like when Coop was out in the desert or in Vegas partying with those guys, and then the next episode he's playing ball with his son. But then the next then episode the next they're like, episode you haven't been home. Yeah, so I, I also go like, are they doing that on purpose, or did they just like not care? 
like like is he just like more interested in assembling footage thematically? because yeah. i because i well no i don't even mean <laughs> i wouldn't even say pacing <laughs> but i would i would say thematically there are and i don't mean to get into the philosophical ramifications of things but like there are some episodes where i'm like oh this is like all about dads or you know like <laughs> like cuz i'm like there's nothing going on that much so i'm going to you know that's where my head goes sure but um Anyway. I, I don't have an answer. I, I mean, that's one of those things at the end of this, we'll look back and go, oh, that's why things yeah. were kind of out of order. Like, you know, the question is, is are the, you know, this, is it the same timeline happening in Vegas as it is in, I mean, I've read, I've read some stuff on the internet and there are people who have all these crazy theories. It's like, you know, part of the show is happening here this time and part of the show is happening this time. And that's why everyone's scratching their heads as to certain things. But I, like I said, until it's done, and like I, I don't want to challenge you guys too much on what you're saying, but if you kept putting everything back in the beginning, then we couldn't have all the things that we <laughs> that had to happen for us to get. Oh, to sure. Say, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, and I'm, when I when I say things like that, I just go, and then we wouldn't have all the Dougie. You it, know, it's or too many. Like unless they were just going to come back and put everything in Twin Peaks and not introduce any other characters, which I don't think they wanted to do. That you were never going to get. I guess what we were expecting, because we weren't expecting the Mitchum brothers or Dougie or Bud Bushnell Mullins. Like, you know, the last thing this show needed was new characters, but this is the story they wanted to tell. And it's like, well, you can't, what are you going to do? Sure. You know what I mean, sure. we, didn't, we didn't have a say. We were never going to have a say. It's either like, all right, I'll stop complaining. <laughs> no, I think, look, I think it's fine to complain. And I think it's just fine to talk about like, you want to know what my biggest gripe with the show is? I think it. I don't like how it looks. Like I don't like seeing a David Lynch product that's not film. I it, there's something about it that bums me out. It just doesn't look. You like, don't think it looks like film? It just looks like HD to me. HD film. I hate it. I hate how oh, really? it looks. <laughs> I do. I just it doesn't like have that vibe that all of his work has, and excluding. Um, Excluding uh, Inland Empire, which I can't. I mean, Twin Peaks was really soft focus uh, a lot of the time, um, on especially on the show. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could see what you're saying. I, I think it's given him a new, like I think he's clearly has a very clear idea of what he wants the aesthetic to be this time sure, now. Sure, sure, sure. Because. Because it is very painterly and it is highly detailed and kind of amazing looking. It's just not it yeah, it doesn't look like his norm it doesn't fit in quite no. as well with his other his other stuff. I felt and I felt like the like the wormhole effect in episode eleven looked like land of the lost. I was like, come on, yeah, some of the like- effects have been so cool. It was like Sci-Fi Channel, like sliders or like, like some. Sh- I kept shit. waiting for the shark to come out of it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> shark, yeah, Sharknado. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, Sean. I, I'm not. I I'm not. This. I'm not doing this with you, dude. Just, just I, save. <laughs> Just say that. Let's get through some of the final. Sto- let's get through some of the final stories. So no, you got- no, 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 John. Oh, okay. John, you know you you missed an entire month of this thing. All right, <laughs> right you're right. I don't want to stop the magic. I got to remember the magic is is you guys. I, no, that's not true. But I, next time, start I, twinkling. Next time you cut in, I want you to cut in with the third eye blind song. 
Uh, I was just going to say, Sean, I think that like, it's weird to hear you kind of realize some of the things that like, I feel like I've been bringing up or John's been bringing up since like the third episode that like the, a lot of the, like the, like the effects are just terrible. But see, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying the effects are terrible. I'm saying that one effect was terrible. In in, in uh, a show well, where I've actually enjoyed a lot of the effects. And what I mean is like, and I talked about this, I feel like well, there was one episode where the scene where Becky's in the car and she's driving and it's just amazing. Oh, like he, he's able to still pull out these shots where I'm like, this is the greatest sure. thing I've ever seen. But then some of it's just like, well, why? And maybe it's like, when I heard it's going to be 18 episodes, I was like, well, how is he going to do that? And it's like, well, in the end, you're not going to nail every single one of them. And maybe that's why. You know what I mean? When you're making an 18-hour movie in the span of like a year, you know, it's not, yeah, they're I'm, not I'm, all going to be Grand Slams. I'm completely, um, b- before we, John, you wanted to bring up some of this thing, some other things, which is cool. But before you do that, I just want to say, I'm, I, I do not believe for one second that this was an 18 hour movie that they figured out how to chop up into 18 episodes. Don't believe that. Don't care what anybody says. Mark Frost and David Lynch could go to their grave saying that happened. Don't believe it happened. So what are you saying that did happen? I'm saying they made 18 episodes of television and then oh, said, it's saying. supposed to be consumed like an 18 hour movie. Sure. And it's I, not. I think that they, I think that they wrote a story with no regard for how long it was going to be. And then they d- didn't cut anything. Yeah. So because that's that's what I feel like I'm watching. I feel like I'm watching, you know, like Firewalk with me is a two hour and twenty minute movie. And if you left all the missing pieces in, it would be a five and a half hour movie. Something like Hey, almost as almost as long as our podcast about it. (laughs) Dallas, I have to tell you that I have pondered this for a long time and I agree with you because if nothing else, for part eight. Because if part eight, like part eight begins and ends, and it's very much this thing, you know what I mean? Like part eight doesn't end with the the frog going to the girl's mouth and then go into like something about Dougie. Like it's like this was a hard stop in a very thematic episode. And that was the one where I was like, you know what? They, fig- they were going to do it in 18 parts. Like they had it, whether or yeah, not yeah. they want to call it a movie. You're right. I totally agree that you're right. Um, yeah. And I think they came up with the, if anything, I think they said, we have to split this up. How are, where, where are the stopping points? And then they're like, where, so now we're going to come up with this roadhouse musical guest idea to end it. This will be the kind of stick that in, but then we'll fool around with that too. Yeah. Um, Hmm. but yeah, still no, still no Eddie Vedder. (laughs) Um, I would have loved them to all show up as characters (laughs) and that might happen remember when Pearl Jam was in singles they were great oh yeah yeah. Um, John what do you think about the fact that the guy who played the jumping man has not appeared yet but is in the cast list I wish you would step back from <laughs> no, that ledge, my friend. No. no, not the guy from Third Eye Blind. Oh, uh, so uh, by the, the way, jumping. that excites me. The guy from Fire Walk with me with the mask yeah. in the um, yeah. in the Philip Jeffrey scene, 
who is like in the left hand yeah. side jumping around. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I didn't even realize that. We haven't seen any of those like masked people or the mask I, at all, and that was such a big part of Fire Walk with me. Yeah, I guess I'm surprised that we haven't seen them because it seems like it'd be pretty easy to re redo those, even if they don't have the same people. You yeah. could still. I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, obviously, none of the woodsmen are those woodsmen sure. from that movie, and sure. they look different. Yeah, um, they look better. They look better for yeah. sure. Like I can but see like, Lynch yeah, being like, the, "This is what I meant them to look like." Where's the electrician? Where is yeah? Where's that guy with the mask? Uh, Mrs. Tremont, she's around, right? No, she's she still passed alive. Away. That, she oh, passed she away. passed away. Yeah. Um, why not? Um, oh, what was I going to say? I th- that has well. Okay, this is what I was going to say. The the Black Lodge or the Red Room or wherever that is. It seems like Mike's the only guy in there. Yeah. Like, it's, he's starting to feel like the janitor to me. Like yes. he just They just have these shots of him walking around, and mm-hmm. then, like, he's just waiting for something to appear, and then he's like, oh, the ring. Like, he's really lonely. Like, one time it'll just be him, like, on the couch watching Netflix, just like. Like, what happened to <laughs> the arm? What happened to, you know, all those guys? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, why have they not. Have they said the word Garmin Bosia in this series? Mm, I don't think so. I feel like that was a big revelation at the end of Fire Walk with Me. Yeah. Um, and they've never gone back to it. And I, you know, for years I've thought, oh, that's how this place works. Like, that's what these people are. I think I even said in the Fire Walk with Me podcast. It's like they're drug. I think they're all like <laughs> on drugs, basically. Yeah. And yeah. They, they feed on the pain and suffering of people and that's why that's who bob is basically he's a he's a pain and suffering junkie um but uh now he's just a bubble a dude in a bubble yeah he's very sad <laughs> boom, 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 boom. it's like a paul simon song yes <laughs> dude sitting in a bubble um a couple more things i want to just get through the the some of the stuff in the episode just to see if you guys had any thoughts on him um Episode 12 was probably everyone's least favorite, but I thought it started out really cool where Albert invites uh, Tammy to be a part of like the crew. Um, yeah. Just in that he, we hear the name Chet Desmond and we hear the name Philip Jeffries and kind of a little mm-hmm. bit of the backstory. Um, and whether or not you like Christabel as Tammy Preston, I mean, she's not, it's not like such a big part of the show anyway. That scene went on like really long and was kind of like, I, he just like maybe because he's acting, you can't yell cut, but there just could have been some stuff that kind of could have been tightened up there. Her acting was kind of funny when they're like, What do you think? Will you do it? <laughs> yeah, she's like, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking mean. hard, and then I'll do it, or whatever she says. She's uh, like, I would describe her acting style as squirmy. She's a musician, is that how you would describe she's it? She's always like moving around. Yeah. Like, just watch any scene with her, and she can't not move. Which may be um, directed but, as such. But. Yeah, maybe. No, totally. It's so strange. It, like, wow. the end of that, he, he, like, they've toasted and stuff, and then he's, like, kind of a long pause, and then David Lynch goes, Diane's on her way, and then she walks in. Like, why doesn't she just walk in? Like, why do we need to know? Like, why don't they just, I don't know. 
Why not have a surprise in the scene? Oh, you're here. <laughs> it doesn't you need know. to be explained to us what's um, happening. Now tell let's for a moment, Diane. Yes. Uh, another character where I again, why why does she need to be corrupt? Uh she seemed like <clears throat> the girl Friday that there was an image that I formed of her because of the old show, as if she was this tried and true um, girl Friday. Sure. And uh, so now that she's somehow corrupt, it just makes me go, did something bad happen? Or is she like secret lovers with Mr. C? Yeah. I would think that like um, he, he holds the answer to that question, right? Like, he has this power to do many things and may have one of them maybe corrupt corrupt Diane, you know? Mm-hmm. So Well, but, once you go bad coop, you never go back. I mean, <laughs> but the one thing we haven't talked about, let's talk about the worst thing. <clears throat> We've seen Mr. C do a lot of really horrible things, but the worst thing that he did <clears throat> was create Dougie. So I mean that was him. Guys. Right. He I mean, just how evil is he? He's this evil. He created Dougie. Right. Um, there's nothing really I will like say, well, go ahead. I will say the Dougie storyline has given me uh Naomi Watts' performance in this show. Sure. Which when she first showed up, it was a uh, one in a long line of um shrewish women who yell that had been on the show yeah. um for a few episodes. But Especially uh, ever since that episode where she um, goes to the crooks, yeah, and tells them off when she pays them, like yeah. she she's had me laughing out loud. Especially the episode that I think you guys talked about, where uh, she sees Dougie with his shirt off, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and she's uh, so turned on and everything. <laughs> so, uh, I yeah, I, go ahead, Dallas. Well, well, I was just gonna say like. Um, I know we've talked about the Dougie thing running its course and like it's now like just beyond running its course. <laughs> like I, th- th- I see a lot of people on Twitter and stuff like compare this whole story, not compare, but like use as reference the movie being there uh, for this Dougie storyline. And I don't know if you guys have seen being I there. I don't think I've seen I who's in that. So it's a uh, it's a pretty famous Peter Sellers movie. Uh, and he's the whole, the whole, um, plot to the movie is that he's a wealthy man's butler who we don't ever, I don't know if we ever find out if he doesn't speak English or if he just doesn't talk, but one of the two things happen. And when this, this rich man dies and he is at his funeral and because he's dressed nice, people mistake him for a friend of his. And this goes on a long, long course until this man is eventually running for president because he just never says anything. Okay. Uh, And people love being there. Like, I think AFI said it's like one of the, I think it was like top 10 comedies of all time because it's supposed to be this great satire. I hated being there. (laughs) It sounds like a movie I would not go near. Uh, Peter Sellers is incredible. I mean, he always is. But 
it's that, like, like be, it, it's like um, weekend at Bernie's. It's like that. That that's the kind of humor. <laughs> hey, that I, I love is, weekend at is, Bernie's. Well, no. Here's the thing: take all of the fun out of Weekend at Bernie's, and you have like imagine if Robert Altman directed Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> That's what being there is. In fact, it might be directed by Robert Altman. But I like so all the things I hated about being there is what's happening with this Dougie storyline, which is where there comes a point where everyone's not that stupid. Yes. And, well, and yes. my wife, my wife said this. Two episodes into the Dougie storyline, she's like, I can't stand it. Nobody's this stupid. Um, yeah, it's driving me nuts. And I know I there's that quick we explanation. Like, remember when we were all like, I, I can't take any more of Dougie. Like, hopefully we're going to get Coop back next episode, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was 10, like, so many episodes ago. Um, yeah. And, they, and the thing about it is, like, they um, – they, they they try to like make it make sense with the whole accident thing. Well, he was in an accident. He's never been, you know, every once in a while he kind of goes in these, whatever it was, like forget the, the wording, but like, even then, I mean, come on, like, just come on. Like he's conga lining in with these two rich. It's just, ah, see, it's like, so, so frustrating. I, you were, you were talking about Naomi Watts. I have loved the performance of, of Jim Belushi, I think is amazing. Oh and yeah. The girl who plays candy is Awesome. Yes. And has me in stitches anytime they give her a line. Like, especially in the scene in the restaurant where they're like, Candy. And she's just kind of like staring off into space. Um, I thought I liked this that scene a lot with the guy playing piano. And as soon as Cooper or Dougie has a drink Wait, wasn't of that, alcohol. Wasn't that Angelo Badalamente? It was not. Actually, the dude who, oh. the guy who's playing, I read an interview. He plays for someone famous, but it's not that's not him. But he starts playing an Angelo song as soon as Cooper has a drink. Um Yeah, anyway. I you know, look sorry, directed by Hal Ashby being there was directed Hal by which Ashby. so it might as well be Robert Altman. Do we know if Angelo Badalamenti has composed any new music Wasn't for this show? Was there new music when the kid gets hit by the car that was him? There's music I don't recognize, but it then in the credits exactly I never like see. When, when I when so, I look in the credits, I never see his name on anything new. Well, yeah. am I wrong? Well, sorry, maybe I am wrong because there's this song that the guy in the piano restaurant plays, and Cooper recognizes it. Yes, but I think it's a piece from the. I guess what John asked, John, you're asking if there's, there's new, new music, battle music. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that like? Do you think that they gave him? Like the film, and he just didn't come up with anything. I mean, he's old, right? Like you can also just like not be able to write music anymore. He doesn't. At some point. He doesn't compose to picture though. Like him okay. and David Lynch just get in a room, yeah. And David Lynch describes stuff to him, yeah. And then they like record a bunch of stuff, and then David Lynch just like mixes it all himself and does whatever he wants. Sure. So, uh, at least that's how they did it before. Yeah. Um. Um, sorry, can I talk about the one thing I really liked in one of these episodes? Oh, please. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the French lady that was with Cole. <laughs> uh, like I loved that scene. I thought it was really funny. And that was the hardest. Like, what, my wife laughed, by the way. Go ahead. Tell us. Sorry. It was just one of those. <laughs> yeah. There, there's every once in a while Lynch. We'll do. We'll make something that's purely f- for fun and funny, 
Yeah. And it's rare that it pops up and it's rare that it works. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, <laughs> I think that was like hilarious. Like I was like, this is so funny. Like I know that no one will get this reference, but the three of us <laughs> and maybe two people who listen. But it reminded me of like something Brad Davis would do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just not leave a room. <laughs> like, you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Like it was so funny. I, I hate that it's ruined by the, that scene going on way too long. Like, he he ends that scene with, like, the really long pause of he tells that bad joke, and then, like, Albert just stares and stands. It's like, it was too many pauses. Like, if they could have just, like, they yes. should have turned up the tempo right there. Because it, it, you're right. It's classic. It's, like, so funny. But then it just drags afterwards. Um, well, and we I don't feel like we got, we didn't get anything at the no, end of it. No, Which yeah. I did think it was a really funny scene. But we waited all that time to get nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I think like um, that's what I was my frustration with the whole Cole thing is like they don't know anything. You know what I mean? Like even when he when that what he's telling him in that meeting is, you know, they haven't asked about Vegas yet. He's like, Well, what do we know about Vegas that we haven't asked? Like it feels it we always felt like they were ahead of us, especially Gordon Cole with like the code with Lil, like he knew everything and now you feel like he doesn't know what's happening so and why does why does i feel like they've been in the hotel like drinking wine for <laughs> you know like when yeah, they're doing they... that for two weeks it feels like more than two weeks so i'm going like how long ago were you were you in that um at that place like why aren't you on that why, why aren't, aren't they going why aren't they going to vegas you know why like, are you going to vegas why aren't you going back to the portal with some of your special magic fbi equipment sure um, people seem to have on this show yeah um did they so th- here's my question it's a little random but they had pictures they know about the murder in new york with the big glass box yes but did it has anybody like said what's this big glass box? <clears throat> no. Okay. And also like why has no one asked who Cooper was talking to in that photo? Like he's talking to someone that we haven't seen. It's like a bald guy. And you're like, who is that? Why didn't they why don't they want to know who that is? Right. You know? Um and does Cooper just does Mr. C just call that guy in the Las Vegas Tower now on the phone? He doesn't have to send his magical um, messages anymore. Remember those like magic? The yeah yeah yeah. The, like, I don't think computer, we see. And then he had a safe, and he had to wear gloves when he took the paper out, and like all that kind of thing. Yeah, and then we haven't seen him call him in a while. I don't think. Okay. All right. All yeah. Right. We we saw him take a bunch of phones. Uh, from it those- was. Those go guys. Ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, it was funny when he was like massaging uh, Tom, what's his name, his back. Oh, yeah. Last yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. I'm like, this is so dumb. I was laughing. Um, and I, I noticed I noticed in the beginning of that episode when they come in with the conga line that he's got like a, he had a bunch of dandruff and I'm like, did they just miss that? I'm like, does Tom Sizemore just have like a lot of dandruff? And then right. you're like, oh, okay, that's why. Um, and I will say that him having a change of heart was a surprise to me. Like I <clears throat> did not expect that. Um, yeah. 
uh, even though he was really, really uh, shooting for the moon with that. Uh, he was trying to work up Matthew Lillard. Yeah, yeah he must yeah. have seen Matthew Lillard's dailies and tried like, to do one better than Lillard. <laughs> what about the Fusco brothers, like getting all of the information that we need to like fix this show and just throwing it in the wastebasket? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, they came back with the prints. He goes, these prints are from, he oh, escaped yeah. from a prison two days ago, and he's also an FBI agent that's been missing for 25 years. And they're like, well, that's a mistake. And they throw, he, you know, so, he throws it. So I'm going, because I've been waiting also. I mean, you know, as much as I love Keckner and those guys are kind of funny, why do they need to be, on, why do we need this, you know? And I thought, well, they're going to discover something that's going to, set an alarm bell off somewhere else yeah a red flag and i'm assuming that's what it is now they may have thrown that in the trash but maybe one of them goes maybe you know his request may pop up on uh you know on the radar of fbi but yeah and i think there's still a lot of a lot of questions that'll be answered but maybe not but you know the big one the big one still remains when will we see Eddie better? <laughs> glad we saw Ed. I'm, I am glad we saw Ed. I wish it would have been in a better, like, Ed wasn't so sad. Have you heard this theory about Ed? Uh, I haven't gone back to look that. Um, he's got a head injury? When he's eating <laughs> soup at the end and the camera is behind him and you can see his reflection or something. yeah. yeah. That the reflection is eating, but he's not? If you look, I looked at that today, and it's like a weird, there's a change um, where the cup kind of goes up and down really fast. It's really strange because it's in the middle of a car going by. So I don't Mm. know how they could have cut without the car being gone. Unless the car is like a different plate, you know, like maybe he wasn't really... It's worth watching, and if you have an idea of what's happening, so what do you think? Ed is mm-hmm. dead, maybe? Like, I don't, I don't think that. <laughs> but I, um, uh, I think Ed's on invitation to love. Uh, <laughs> people, he, the weird thing is that he's wearing a wedding ring. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he's wearing a wedding ring in the, in that last scene. Hmm. Are we like? Yeah, it's no use guessing what happened. Well, what about, and maybe we'll end here, what about the scene, um, because I think this is probably the most important thing that we've glossed over, where at the sheriff's station, Hawk brings out that, like, what he calls his, like, living map. Um, Do you remember this? This is at the, uh, this is in episode 11, I think, and he talks about, the place that Major Briggs mentioned them going and he kind of shows, I think there's a, um, there's that campfire and he, and he says, it's not just like a fire. It's like a modern day electricity, which obviously made me think about how many times electricity has been referenced to and, you know, the electrical outlets we've seen Cooper use. Um, and he talks about how in the stars, they represent that date that's on the, piece of paper and he says that that refers you to the black corn and the black corn plus the fire equals the black fire um and then at the end of it they show the little ant head thing that we've seen not only on the paper that briggs had but also on that card cooper showed in episode two 
to Daria right before he shot her in the head. And he says, uh, Hawk says to him, you don't ever want to know about that. Um, anyway, I thought this was really important. I thought, you know, this is kind of, this is to me what we're going to build to, right? There's going to be some ending. I think every, basically, I think everything's heading back to Twin Peaks. We saw the coordinates lead back to Twin Peaks. So I may have called Hawk a dirty name when he said, you don't want to know about that. (laughs) Well, they got to hold something to the end, man. Well, it was um, just like uh, it was just like in that Audrey conversation too, where he has that whole conversation, and then <laughs> you're not going to tell and me. Then, and then I'm like, oh look, Audrey is all of us. Going, yeah. What are you? You're not, not going to tell, tell me. me? <laughs> you're not going to tell me. Yeah, good call. Uh, have we ever been? Ex- have they ever explained what the poem means? Um, in the darkness of future past, or no. whatever it is. No, that has not uh, been touched. Longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire walk with me. I always thought that that was like basically, oh, Bob's trying to get out of where he is fully into the real world. Yeah. Um, you know what's weird, John, is like as much as we've had a lot of ties to, and like I said, what I want is the mythology. It's very detached kind of from what we knew. You're right. There's been no mention of the poem. Where they're from, the birds sing a pretty song. None of the woodsmen are dancing. There's no music. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all these things that we were tied to this place, it seems far away from it. You know what I mean? We're just getting these, like, foot soldiers, these woodsmen. And there's, like you said, it's just Mike and them. And then, like, whatever the arm has become, this tree. But... I'm still waiting for some sort of connection to like what we've been given before. Yeah. Like some explanation. Like I just like, I have more questions obviously than I came in with now and I'm hoping for some answers, but like if Dallas is right, I'll get none and you know, go to my grave. And that book, I do also worry that that book will tell us nothing. When I, when I found out that there was going to be a book after the show, I was kind of bummed. Because I was like, they're not going to give us answers in the show, and we probably won't get them in the book either. But you know what? I'll hold out hope. Yeah. Maybe we'll at least find out what's going on with Ed's soup. (laughs) Oh, Ed. But probably not. Were you disappointed? Well, obviously you were disappointed that Norm is not with Ed. Yeah, I yeah, I was seems like sort of a decent guy even though he's you know, he he's a he's a, like a corporate dude. Yeah, I guess like I don't care about Norma <laughs> like not to be I I well, mean she always seemed like the sort of bastion of like good people. Sure. You know? And um She's always kind of looking out for those around her. And her story in the original series was that she had married the wrong guy. Yeah. And now she was uh, trying to make make her life better without that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Hank die or did he? I, think I forget what happened to Hank. You went... Oh, did he die? I'm fr- I, I can't remember. I, not that I don't care about Norma. I love Norma in the original Twin Peaks, but in the return, she's basically like mute. And then when we finally get to the scene, it's like, 
okay, she franchised and it's like not going well. I, I don't care about that. I want to, there's too many things now on the table that I want to get to. And that's mm-hmm. not one of them. So I'm more interested. I'm, you know, I was more like, ah, uh, if, 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 if this is making Ed upset, then I'm up than that. I feel have some sort of feelings for, but it, whatever's happening with like, you know, normal's double R in, um, you know, Seattle or something. I don't care. You know? Yeah. I mean, I liked the scene because I liked, I liked what it was about. Sure. Um, because the idea of, you know, the very idea of Twin Peaks being this down home, small town handmade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it was really just, like you said, a reason to watch Big Ed ache. Yeah. Which he does really well. He sure does. Bobby, too. Right. Him and Bobby. Sad. Um, well, that probably wraps it up for parts 11 through 13. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, let's see. I wish you would step up from that land. John, when does your show run until? When do people have a chance to see it? It runs until September 11th. Cool. I think that's, I don't know when. Never forget. Is that Labor Day? September 11th? No, Labor Day is at the end of September, right? Labor Day is the beginning. It's like, uh, right at, it's usually somewhere between the second and (laughs) fifth. I think that's, that's when the finale is. We don't have that many weeks left of this, you guys. Dallas, yep. I know you're going to miss it. What are you going to do with your time? Uh, I'm starting another podcast. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's going to be great. We're going to be. It's going to. We're going to talk about Ray Donovan. So today, or wait, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, someone interviewed. I think it's David Nevins is the president of Showtime, and they're like, "What about more Twin Peaks?" And he's like, "Probably not." <laughs> but then I think he was like, "Oh." shit are we still on the air and then he's like yeah well maybe like i'm gonna you know david and i aren't talking he's been in france all summer so you know but it was like i think he started out with like no and then he was like wait a minute i'm still have like five episodes of this thing left i have in the can so yeah, i wonder how the ratings are for it i really wonder they said they haven't been every time i read anything it's like the ratings haven't been good but it's been streamed a lot so they they say it's been a they say it's actually been good. I mean, does anybody? They don't have commercials anyway, so who cares of what the ratings are? Sure, I know? think they're looking for well, it's subscribers. They're, yeah. they're trying to get subscriber money. I mean, I didn't think anybody. Uh, I know that their subscriptions boosted. Yeah, uh, because of this. Well, I subscribed. Well, um, yeah. So for I me, mean, like when this is done, I'm probably gonna like cancel mine and switch over to HBO so I can binge watch. You know. Game of Thrones or something, dude. I will say that Sunday nights, um, Sunday nights have been awesome. Having Game of Thrones and Twin Peaks, like for me, I just, mm-hmm. Sunday nights such been, a treat. Yeah, we just oh, don't want my, to do both of them at the same. Oh, time. do it! It's just like both must watch yeah. TV. What happens um, is my we watch Game of Thrones and my wife goes upstairs to read and I watch Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. I always watch Twi- I always watch Game of Thrones first and then Twin Peaks. Um. Uh, well, listen, if if you guys want to subscribe to that Ray Donovan podcast. Okay, um, so you can follow Dallas because he's really funny on Twitter. 
He it's called Please Don't Leave Schreiber, and it's it's really good. It's on <laughs> iTunes. Mm-hmm. Dallas, what's your Twitter? Dallas. Schreiber? I hardly know her. Dallas <laughs> at Ray Donovan fan. No, dude. It's just at Ray Donovan it's fan. It's at swim fan. Um, it's at Ray underscore Donovan underscore fan. And, are you going to uh, have him on the show? Ray Donovan? Well, I know. Uh, uh, leave Schreiber. Oh, he's my co-host, so it's me and him, and we're you talking. I have a lot of questions about Cotton Weary in the Scream franchise <laughs> that maybe he could answer. <laughs> so, wasn't he married to Naomi Watts, or isn't he right now married to Naomi Watts? Or I don't know. Oh, Naomi Watts. He was, but then they like, yeah, 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 I think he's married to Naomi Watts. Oh, you're right. Wait, yeah. are you right? He was that uh, he's great in Goon, and everyone should go watch the movie Goon. Goon, all right. Goon is so funny. Follow Dallas at Dallas Dallas underscore underscore MC. Follow John Uh, at Mixtape Master. Follow me at Sean T O'Donnell. But follow our our podcast Twitter at Percolator Pod. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us us that. Give us the seventh rating. We need one more rating. Go to iTunes also while you're there and buy my album, An Evening of This. Yeah, do that. Uh, it's my stand-up album. Uh, buy, go buy that. Yeah, go do it. Sean, how much longer is your um, theme song cover that you've done beyond what we hear on the oh. intro of the show? Because um, it's really awesome, by the way. Thank you, John. I don't is think, that I Pete's think voice on it or is it Dallas's No, voice? it's Pete. It's Pete. I, I, uh, I lifted it John, from the show. John, that is, I'm actually flattered that you would think that was me. It sounds like you when it's like, you'd never guess. You'd it never like guess. You, it sounds like you doing it to me. Dude, that's nice of you. No, that's, um, that's Pete. I, I lifted okay. that from that. I don't, I think it just keeps repeating because I didn't know how okay. long I was going to have it go. Sure, sure. But yeah, I recorded that like two years ago. When we were gonna, that is when we good started stuff. this podcast, <laughs> so as oh, good as the song at the end, but it's good. The good song at the end. I'm back. I just like we finally finished. We're finishing our house renovation, so I like gonna have my studio back. So I promise you all that I'll have auto tune back by the time this before this show is over. I was literally going to ask you about that next because that was my favorite, one of my favorites. I will get the auto tune back. We'll bring back the drops. We're gonna we're gonna end heavy. We're gonna go big. I'm sure, just like David Lynch and Mark Frost are. Um, Yeah. All right. But (laughs) thanks for everyone for listening, and thanks Dallas and John, and um, you guys keep the faith. All right, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Go Padres. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. We'll talk to you Thanks next time listening. on Dish the Percolator. I step up from that ledge, my friend. Mmm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't. Let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. 
Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.